Welcome back to another Edge Got In podcast. Thank you for pushing the pause button today to Edge Got In to your mind, your will, and those squirrely emotions. Wow, sometimes we get hijacked by those shiny objects and things do not turn out the way we want them to. Our mission here at Edge Got In is to champion your human potential in Christ. One of our foundational scriptures is Galatians 5.1, which says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not allow yourself to be burdened by the yoke of slavery. I'm very blessed this morning to have a co-host with me, Father Nathan Cromley, and uh, he's basically dedicated his life to helping families, teenagers, married couples, business professionals, myself included, um, championing their human potential in Christ on so many levels. And he's the president and founder of the St. John Institute. There are several ministries uh, associated with that, that God has moved him to launch into this world, to edge God in, into the lives of the people entrusted to his care. One of them is the Eagle Eye Ministries, which is young adults and uh, St. John Leadership, which is another institution, part of his um, mission to empower people in St. John Leadership Network. So there's lots of good things going on that God is doing in his life, um, daregreatthings.org, daregreatthings.org. You can find out more information on his mission that God has uh, empowered him to take hold of in this world. And there's so much darkness out there. And now is the time to stand on the front lines. So he's not messing around. So very grateful to have him here. Our topic today, and perhaps you can relate to this, is entitled, That's Not Fair. How to be Mary in a Martha world. Our learning objective at the end of today's podcast is simple, that you will learn from the scriptures, the holy word of God, sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing heart, soul, and marrow, specifically from the story of Mary and Martha. Perhaps you're familiar with that story. If not, I'm going to read it today, so you will become familiar with that story. It's in the Gospel of Luke. And how to maintain inner peace, the inner peace of Christ in the midst of unjust situations. And there is such a range of unjust situations, which we will have a conversation about today. So let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sweet Jesus. Wow, we just need your help. Um, there are so many situations where our heart becomes totally spun out of that peace that passes all human understanding. And the story of Mary and Martha and your encounter with Mary and Martha and your love for Mary and Martha gives us hope. It truly gives us the opportunity to identify and adjust those behaviors that are preventing us from sitting at your feet and listening to your teaching. We desire that you would override any distractions in our mind, our will, our emotions that prevent us from being submitted to your will, because we know that our peace stands firm when we're connected to you. So lead us on, Lord. I pray that the words of our mouth, the meditations of our heart will be acceptable in your sight for the edification of every single human being that's tuning in today. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, thank you so much for taking time because I know that you are very busy out there doing God's work. Hey, just like you, Lauren. 
<laughs> it's kind of neat. You know, like we meet like two uh, laborers in the vineyard on the highways and byways of the Lord. And mm. it's nice when the roads cross and we can sit down and, and share his word together. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm going to start with the word. Um, reading from Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 38. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, <laughs> and I have to pause here for a minute because at this point she must've been pretty darn worked up because she's doing all of the tasks around and her sister's just sitting at the Lord's feet. Right? So perhaps you can relate to that listener. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. So this is an unjust situation in her mind, but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Listener, you can put your name in there today. Put your name right where it says, Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So, Father, I heard you speak on this, which is why I've, I was really moved to invite you into today's conversation, specifically around this, because I'm feeling a lot of, hey, that's not fair. So what do you have to say about that? Because I'm sure you're, you're experiencing that perhaps too. Of, there's some unjust situations that are surrounding us and man, they can hijack us out of the Lord's peace. Well, you know, uh, Lauren, in Greek, the word that Martha uses when she says, Lord, do you not care? It's actually a pretty good translation. Um, the original word in Greek is melei, melei, which is, um, it means to be a care or an object of anxiety, or it concerns, a concern. And so Martha really is pointing out to Jesus that there's an injustice. So I think it's neat when you just spontaneously think of the title, you know, it's not fair. Um, that's actually what's in the heart of Martha. And you can actually say that from the Greek itself, because Lord, do you not care? She's saying there's something here that that is off. Hmm. And I'm asking you why you're not rectifying a situation that is off. Hmm. And so this uh, this this gospel passage really speaks to us about a lot of things in our life that that we can look to the Lord and say, you know, do do you not care? Right. It, this, Absolutely. Don't you see what's happening to me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, so Martha's obviously what she what she's saying here is that she's taking the burden. I mean, if you just look at the text, she's left me to serve alone. Right. So the serving is is this a, a lot a neat as or not a neat a very intricate uh, 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 bar, uh, uh, conglomeration of details necessary to host Jesus and his apostles, and not only to host them, but to host them well. Mm -hmm. So Martha's taking upon herself the, the, the worries and the cares, the, the anxieties that she sees as being necessary. 
And that's why it's neat that our Lord's going to meet her with saying one thing is necessary. Because she's saying, no, there's a whole bunch of things that are necessary, Jesus. I mean, just look at the fact that if you're here, I need to serve you, of course, the, the best roast duck. And so, <laughs> so the best roast duck, I've got to... I've got to, I've got to get the feathers. Well, to get the feathers off the duck. I have to boil the water to boil the water. I have to gather the wood, <laughs> right? And you back all this up and it ends up becoming a five hour process yeah, just right. to serve him the roast duck because she's chosen to say that this is necessary. Mm. Right? And so when, when you take that as just one example, then you talk about the wine, you talk about the tablecloth, you talk about the chairs, you talk about the wood by the fireplace for afterwards. The limoncello that she'd have to serve. <laughs> can't have roast duck without limoncello. And all those things, we can kind of like kind of see why she would bulk at seeing her sister sitting at his feet because she's saying to herself, that's the one thing that's not necessary. Hmm. And that's why when our Lord inverts the tables here, it's so important for us because he's not saying that Martha's wrong about her logic. Um, he's, he's saying though, that he's, she, she, he's, she's wrong by putting the logic first and, mm. and do you not care of that? You know, my sister is doing this becomes inverted in our Lord's because he's almost like Martha. Do you not care that I only have one person at my feet? Don't you care that, that you're not here and what's happening in my heart to not be able to teach you? what's going on in, in the depths of my heart. You've acted like I don't care about you receiving the best part. Hmm. Uh, and it's really, it's gotta be a shock for St. Martha uh, hmm. uh, in her soul at that moment to realize what he's actually pointing out to her is that she's missing uh, the, the fact of what's really necessary. Hmm. And I, I kind of wonder if she didn't drop all that stuff and just go and sit at his feet. I don't hmm. know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I put myself in both positions um, when I read through this scripture. I've read through it so many times and just thinking I've had those Mary moments and I've had those Martha moments. I think particularly what, you, what you're speaking about here in terms of what was going on in Martha's heart, right? And when we think about where we're at in our culture today and and just all of those shiny objects that Satan uses. Look over here, look over here. And then he gives you like a, a swift kick to the head to take you out. You know, he's he's the master of deception and getting our attention to get us uh, distracted from sitting at, at Jesus' feet. So what do we do? What, what, how, how do we just real boots on the ground in terms of practicality reading this scripture? What's the application so that we can address what uh, Jesus, how Jesus addressed Martha when he said, you're anxious and troubled about many things. Listeners today, I am sure that you are anxious and troubled about something that's going on in your life. So father, how do we, how do we address that to be able to give us some guidance here? What do we do with this? Well, I want to first point out that St. Martha, when she when she says, don't you care, it's the same root of the word that our Lord uses when he says, Martha, you are anxious. Um, hmm. Which means, Martha, you do notice many things. And so like what you're mentioning there about the many situations in our world that can distract us. 
That's not necessarily the problem. The problem mm -hmm. isn't that you notice many things. It's that you are anxious. And then he says, troubled. Now, that word that when he says troubled is thoribazi. And in Greek, it means to be disturbed, to terrify, to strike with panic, or to show agitation of mind. It literally comes from the word to make a noise or uproar, to be turbulent. So, Lauren, once again, I mean, you are prescient uh, insofar as you, you're able to translate. This, this passage is about us um, saying life is not fair, number one. But number two, it's about us saying life is not fair, and that is throwing me into such a distraction and such a turbulent uproar. Um, and I think that that's therefore very applicable. Mm -hmm. So to get to the, the, I just needed to say all that before. Oh, no, I'm glad. No, I'm the boots on the ground. I brought. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Keep going. Cause that, that's good that stuff. That's, that's what makes it so practical for Christ mm -hmm. is that he, he right gets in our face. It, we're mm -hmm. going to say like, Jesus, don't you know about the nuclear warheads being thrown around by the communist countries? Don't you know about the vaccines going on? Don't you know about the injustices happening on Twitter? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or oh, whatever, absolutely. You know? Yeah. All this stuff that, okay. And he's going to be like, okay, you're right. You, you notice and you are in an uproar about many things. Hmm. Now, let's let him correct us because he's going to say one thing is necessary. Because what we're showing him is Jesus, all these things are necessary. What's going on with the schools and the curriculum and, and, and all the confusion around marriage and sexuality today. And, and, and that's got me all disturbed. And now he's looking at us and he's like, you are, one thing is necessary. And, and we're like, oh gosh, what have I missed out on? Mm -hmm. and he, and it's that you weren't concerned with the fact that I came to give you faith, hope, and love, and you're too busy to receive them. Wow. And I think that I think it's a great moment for us to say, if I follow the distraction, I'm going to become distracted. I have to admit that those distractions are a distraction because there's another overwhelming noise that's coming my way today, which is from God's holy word. Hmm. And it's from his presence in the sunrise, in the fall of the snowflakes, in the thunder of the ocean shores in the smile of my children, in, in the embrace of my spouse, in the warmth of the blanket that surrounds me, in the crackle of the fire. God is much more present. And he's smiling at me behind every star. And his fragrance of peace comes to me from every flower. And like the, the, the joy of having a quiet home with central heat, where I can actually make a turkey if I wanted to. And, and yet I'm so distracted by what's going on in North Korea that, that I'm not even enjoying the savor of a good soup, you know, and, and a book of my own, my mother's, you know, letters to my father that I could be reading or the Bible, which I could be opening. And I think Jesus is really corrects Martha. It must have been embarrassing for her. It must have been humiliating for her because she thought she was doing everything she was supposed to be doing. And Jesus said, no, you're not. And I think we have to admit, you know, practically, I am responsible for being distracted. You know, Lauren, absolutely, I'm responsible Accountability. for being stressed out. Yep, absolutely. And then, and then the second thing is like, okay, well, if I'm not going to be distracted, what should I be focused on? 
And the answer is, I should be focused on the overwhelming gift of Jesus giving himself to me every day and right now in and through the million ways of my life. I need to be receiving that gift, that positivity, that joy that comes from God. Hmm. That's so powerful. I'm really leaning into that because that that's a real shift in our entire perspective and paradigm. I'm, I, I kind of, as you were talking, I was thinking back in the garden when um, Satan deceived Adam and Eve. And, and one of the things that he used for that is this, and I, and I heard this earlier this week, this counterfeit control. Um, you've got control. God's not in control. You're in control. And so we feel out of control when we're surrounded by things that we really don't have any control over. So it sabotages us, which Satan is masterful at doing, divide and conquer. It's division, right? He uses accusation and he uses division to get us. But way back in the garden, he, he used that distraction of making us think that we are in control of preparing the deck, of yeah. heating up the oven, of uh, taking care of the fire, of making sure everything's perfect so that when I am controlled, then I am safe. Yeah. And that's a misplacement of identity. Yeah. Because foundationally, even if Adam and Eve, what was their real role? It was to enjoy God's garden, to till the earth and subdue it, mm -hmm. to love one another, and to beget children to fill the earth. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are like, it's like, well, what's, what are you not in charge of? Well, you're not in charge of good and evil. And, and the devil comes in to say, hey, wait a second. What, you guys should be in charge of everything. Mm -hmm. And they allow themselves to get distracted instead of saying, wait a second. No, no, no. One thing is necessary. <laughs> yeah. And it's for us to receive the love of God for us through these things and to give that love back to him. Mm -hmm. And in, in the end, isn't it something? Because there's nothing greater or more important and, and and I mean, there's nothing more exalted than being um, espoused to the soul of God. Nothing. Nothing. And yet the devil wants to make us think that these other things are more important mm -hmm. than that. Absolutely. And, and so when we see that, we need to look at the difference. Between, and there's Jesus. He doesn't even say thank you to Martha for the roasted duck, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> He's looking it's right through of, her soul saying, man. You it's kind of, a, what yeah, it's kind of a brutal correction. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I got to hand it to Jesus on that. But maybe it's because he was really wounded. You know, maybe he really was. He, he Maybe he was really saying to himself, like, my people just don't get, get it that I long to be, to lift them up beyond servant mm. into friend. Mm. Uh, and if each one of our Closeness. listeners, you know, were just to think of that, like, right now, as they're listening, Jesus is longing to know you mm -hmm. and to delight in your heart and and to rest in you, mm -hmm. but you you've got to give him that you, you've got to you got to, we've got to offer our our the space of our time and of our hearts and of our minds mm -hmm. to becoming that dwelling place for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And instead, we're like, no, 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 all this other stuff is so necessary. And I think yeah, he's he's kind of brutal. <laughs> You know, and I'm, I'm reminded too, kind of a, of an image that I learned in college um, around Advent specifically is to consider your heart like the manger and to, to invite the Lord Jesus 
to dwell just at the center of your heart in your mind, your will, your emotions, and that submission piece to remind you of whose you are and your purpose here. And it's not to be in control. As Mother Teresa brilliantly says, I'm not here to be successful. I'm here to be faithful. Yeah. And, and really that's, that's the invitation, Martha, come back and be faithful. Sit at my feet. Let me fill you with what you really, really hunger and thirst for. And the last part of that scripture, where it says, uh, Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. That's a powerful Lord, last line. Lauren, why do you, why do you keep seeing the, the link between distraction and control? Yeah, it's a, it's a powerful one. Um, control is, 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 as I mentioned before, I heard this earlier this week, it's really counterfeit. It's, we're not in control. The only thing we're in control of is our, is our ability to choose God yeah. or not. It's a simple choice. And as I often say, <laughs> when we come to this end of this end of this life and to some of my atheist friends, I'll say, hey, you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Let's just say at the end of this life, oh, there is God. <laughs> you have everything. And yeah. so that control piece, we've the, the biggest thing that um I see with that is it's one of the biggest distractions, I feel, uh, is our need for control in order to feel safe, in order to feel that we're enough. We have like all these puzzle pieces of our life and we're trying desperately to fit them all together as Martha was desperately trying to create the perfect environment to have the Lord at her house. And I got to, I got to be honest, I totally would be Martha-ing it. There's no doubt. Oh, I'd yeah. be running around, I'd be sweating, I'd be like yelling orders at everyone and there'd be no peace in my house until Jesus walked in the house. And then it would be, all right, straighten up, Jesus is here. So, um, you know, that sense of control in order to, it's really that link. Um, I am I am willing to feel safe as long as I'm in control, right? Which Martha is, is, is hijacked by that. And, uh, and yet it's the biggest distraction that Satan uses to, to pull us away from sitting at the Lord's feet. Yes, yes, you have to be in control in order to feel safe, in order to sleep well at night. And we miss out on the present moment simply because we're worried about tomorrow, which is another teaching of Jesus. Why do we worry? You know, isn't, isn't it amazing, Lauren? Because to, to hear you say that, I'm thinking, what would have happened if, if Martha would have said, why is Jesus coming over to my house? What does he want to get out of this visit? Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. But it, instead, it was almost as if she's like, okay, Jesus is coming over to this house. I need to show him, you know, due honor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and so like she made a conclusion, which is he's coming over to the house. Therefore, I have to do all these things. Mm -hmm. Instead of in first saying he's coming over to the house, I have to, I have to love him. And I have to realize what he really wants from this visit is time with me mm. to teach me. Do you see, like, I think foundationally behind the, our struggles with control, there's a little bit of a lack of true love for ourselves. Oh, like absolutely. We, we I totally feel, feel like, like we're not, we're not, worthy. we're not enough. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so we, that's, to, you know, to, that's to your point. 
So we hide behind having to do all these things because really we can't accept that we're, we're the reason why Jesus is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that's, it's a kind of, that's really cool. That's a really cool thought to just camp on that, to think about Jesus was coming to her house. Well, it's just like Zacchaeus. Jesus went into Zacchaeus's house. He's considered a sinner. Jesus is coming to my house. Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. He's coming to my house. He's sitting down at my table with my sinful friends and my sinful self. And yet look at what Zacchaeus does. Like he receives the Lord and yeah. with joy, it says. Mm-hmm. And, and there, there's a difference. Like a Zacchaeus at least was like, Jesus has chosen to love me and I'm going to rejoice in that. Absolutely. It never says Martha received him with joy. Mm-hmm. And isn't that and, interesting? Yeah. She should have said she welcomed her him into her house. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah. listener, think think about this for you today. Um, you came to this podcast for a reason. You're tuning in for a reason. God has something for you today. He's after you and he adores you. And so there's something here for you today. So, what is it for you that is preventing you from receiving what Mary did, the love, the teaching, the presence of Christ, what Zacchaeus allowed himself to experience, the love of Christ, which led him to repentance. It's not judgment that led him to repentance. It's the experience of love. It's always love. Judgment repels. Love transforms. And Jesus knew that. And so he went, he goes straight in and he calls out, what needs to be pruned away in order for you to be able to sit at his feet. So what is it for you? If I ask you this coaching question, in order to feel loved by God, I need to what? What's behind that for you today? I need to what? I need to do this, do that, prepare the deck, tend to the fire, whatever it is, what is the distraction? Because God sent his son into this world to die for us while we were still sinning. That to me is what transformed my life at 17 years old. It was that realization that in spite of me, God looks at me and loves me. Just as he did the woman at the well, that's another encounter too. I I love that one too, um, simply because you know, here we have, you know, the contrast of the woman at the well, and we have Martha and the woman at the well would, could you imagine what was going through her mind as a Samaritan thinking, why the heck is this guy even talking to me? (laughs) And yet Jesus goes straight in. There was no lag time. And also he called out the elephant in the room right away. He didn't waste any time. Oh yeah. Yeah. You've been married five times. And the man you're living with isn't your husband. But obviously he said it in such a way covered with love that she responded with an open heart. I could see you're a prophet. So Martha was sitting in the presence of Jesus and he's coming at her with love. And so what would that be for you, listener, in terms of Jesus coming to you today? If he was coming to your house for dinner tonight. What preparations would you make on the inside 
of your heart. And he doesn't ask, he doesn't ask for much other than our heart. We make it very, very complicated, don't we? So, Father, what would you say in terms of the main takeaway from this for listeners today? The one thing, you know, Lauren, I I have a chance as a priest to visit a lot of houses and families. Hmm. And when you're with someone or a family that takes, that realizes why you've come is them. And who offers you the friendship, real friendship. Uh, it's it's few and far between. Mm. And it's not because people are bad. It's because people don't take into account their guest as if the guest was coming for them. Right? And I think that w- that's something I've experienced. Um and what I would say to take away from this reading is for us to really allow ourselves to understand that Jesus wants us and he wants to be with us. And that's why he comes to us. There's an intention there. And to learn to look at ourselves from his eyes. It's easy for us to say that God doesn't love us when he doesn't come to visit. but when jesus comes to visit you it's it's not because he wants to eat roasted duck right Hmm. uh to the greatest compliment that i could give to jesus is myself Hmm. to say that the real reason you 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 are in my life is to is to know me and which goes back that the devil's favorite tool is shame Mm. Uh, because a shameful person a shamed person will refuse to love not because they're bad uh, not because they're wicked but because they find themselves unworthy and when you when you deprive that love um you, you you not only deprive yourself of the joy but you also inflict a sterility around you and and that of course is the devil's trademark he's neither male nor female that's that would be a compliment to the devil he's properly properly referred to as an it because he does not give life he sterilizes and and i i think that for us to to recognize that 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 i'm important i am the point of my life makes my me careful to cleanse my heart from all the things inside that diminish my my ability to give life mm-hmm. my self-hatred my self-loathing my my um my uh geez like why i would think that my life was all about my garden or about my social status or about whether or not my kids like me you know mm-hmm. and those things are not what our life is all about uh, you, we are much greater than those things. We are the kings and the queens of the earth. Hmm. Um, and But we have to become rehabilitated by the fire that's in the eyes of Christ for us. So the one thing necessary, Lauren, from this podcast 
is for people to look at themselves like God looks at them. Hmm. And to love ourselves like, like God loves us. Because once I allow that, I know it sounds self-centered. It's not. Because the next step, when I let myself be loved like he loves me, is then I will love back with every fiber of my being. Hmm. And that is a glorious thing for the earth to behold. Amen. And much needed. Much needed today. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. The the one point in the scripture where it says that Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching, um, she submitted her identity, her need to get things done, her attachment to her to-do list. She's tossed it all to the feet of Jesus. And she just comes as she is, just like a child. And she lets go of control. And as a result, she receives what her heart truly longs for. I see you and you matter. I adore you right where you're at and love you enough not to leave you there. And as you said, Father, the part about um, the depth that we allow ourselves to be loved by God is the height of our ability to love other people. And it truly walks hand in hand. So thank you for your time on this very important topic of that's not fair. And also that, that part of when we do find that there's an injustice around us, what would you recommend? Just one more, one more thought. What would you recommend in terms of Jesus desire for us when we are witnessing an injustice? Where do we go with that? Well, obviously, there's different levels of injustice. I mean, um, and we have to be careful to respect that. You can't deal with everything. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we're called by God to act with justice and to fight for justice and to hunger and thirst for justice. So it's not a matter of ignoring the injustice at all. Mm. But there is a, a humility of recognizing what God is calling me to. And what he's not, mm. uh, meaning that I can only ha do one thing at a time and I can only be responsible myself for so much. The distraction of injustice is to think that everyone's injustice is somehow or other up to me to remedy. Mm. Uh, it's up to God to remedy. And he's given me a world to cultivate and let me tend to my own garden and tend to it well. And if, in fact, I, I find that the injustices are in a place I can do something about, well, then I should, I should do my best to, to remedy them. But I can't take my eyes off of the tasks that Jesus has given me. Mm. Right. Because otherwise yeah. it'll be yeah. from one injustice to the next. Mm -hmm. And each injustice, as you know, is is the tip of an iceberg. Mm. Absolutely. Um, I'm thinking of the, the woman, for example, who started mad or mothers against drunk driving. And aren't we glad she did? Yep. Um, but there was a rabbit hole that ended up consuming her life. Now, notice she started mad. 
she didn't also start mad and 40 days for life. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, uh, how many injustices did she have to ignore in order to focus on the one that was in her path? Mm, that's well said. And so Thank I think you. there's a temperance there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to be had. Uh, and the number one thing Jesus asks us to do is not right injustices. Number one thing he asks us to do is to follow our vocation which is our spouse, then our children, and then our extended family, and then others in that order. Mm. And you can do a little bit of jumping around, but if the others start to become in place of your extended family and your extended and so forth, you start to disrupt that order too much, then you're, then you're not doing the good things that you're supposed to be doing. And you can actually cause injustice there as well. So it's a complicated question that you ask. I, I would just say to, to everyone that our number one vocation is to love and to mm-hmm. do good and to tend to our duties of our state in life. Mm-hmm. And there usually we're 95% maxed out. <laughs> Absolutely. Use the other 5% to get involved <laughs> with other <Yep>. problems. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It, it's, it's really... Um keeping it simple to the day that God's given us, right? Which Jesus taught us to be present. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And and to stay very present. What is my give back project today with what you've called me to, the vocation in life that you've called me to? And it's always fueled by love. The greatest commandment, love God, love people, and do good. It's very powerful. Thank you so much, Father. You're just just a wealth of of insight and love love for Jesus, and it just flows through you. I would love to have you on again, and um, just explore some other some other scriptures that the Lord puts on my heart um, to bring forth to listeners. Would you close us in prayer today? In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear God, send your grace and peace into our hearts to be overwhelmed by your love for us. Mm. Turn our eyes away from running away into control and distraction into the overwhelming gift of your grace. Thank you for coming to see us and for giving us the chance to love you. Thank you for being with us. And thank you for correcting us and putting us on the right path. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. And where where is the best place for people to go? Because you've got an incredible podcast as well and, and just incredible resources. Where, where would you like to, to, to guide people? Um, who Everything can be found on the homepage of the St. John Institute. S-A-I-N-T, johninstitute.org. There's a heading at the top, and that'll take you to our our daregreatthings.org blog, uh, and also to the podcast daregreatthings dot or the great dare great things podcast. Um, and that's you know we we aren't as sophisticated as you are, Lauren, with having our, everything all buttoned up. So oh folks will no, have to, I do not have everything buttoned up. <laughs> just have to poke around. <laughs> that's for darn sure. That is for darn sure. Uh, but so so grateful, and and so listeners, there's incredible resources and support systems to um, to help you outshine the darkness, because uh, there's a lot of it out there, 
And the love of Christ is meant to shine through us as his ambassadors so that he can make his appeal through us for God's glory. So give him heaven out there. God bless you. And I look forward to our next podcast together. Thank you, Father. You're welcome.